Hey, my friends, it's Tom with Watch and River. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you guys are well. This is another good day that the Lord has made for us, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, first off, I'm going to ask you guys for some prayer today, if you don't mind, because uh, my deaf ear today is just screeching. I get these, it's almost like tinnitus or something. I get these very, very high-pitched screeching and it doesn't stop. It's been going on for hours. Sometimes if I knock my head like this for a while, it will lessen, but it hasn't happened today. So it's been going on for hours and I keep knocking, but there ain't nobody home. <laughs> it's not working. So if you could pray for me, I would appreciate that. Next, I've got so much stuff to cover today. I don't know how I'm going to do this, especially with screeching in my ear, but you know what? The Lord's going to see me through this. I guarantee you. We're going to talk white rainbows. We're going to talk earthquakes. We're going to talk released hostages. There's a lot to cover. So, but before we do that, I got to just tell you something. I'm craving something food-wise that I can't have, okay? And I'll tell you why. When I was a kid, when I was a little kid in elementary school, they used to serve up sloppy joes. And man, did I love them. And we didn't get it that much because we always brought bagged lunches. But sometimes, you know, when my mom would see it was sloppy joes, she'd She'd let us buy lunch. And I just remember like loving them. But you know what? I've had them as an adult multiple times. I can't stand them. I don't like them anymore. It tastes it tastes like sweet ketchup on ground beef to me. It's just not for me. But I'm craving the way I used to taste them. You know, which serving sloppy joes to five to ten year olds in an elementary school is so hysterical. Now in hindsight, I feel like that could only happen in the 1970s. <laughs> because I would wear a white shirt and it would come home red, you know, stained. <laughs> How You can't even pick up a sloppy joe and they're giving it to five to 10 year olds, you know? And the thing is, when I got home with my red shirt, my mom never said anything. She didn't call a meeting with the teachers or sue the school, <laughs> call the superintendent. Different time period. She'd wash the shirt. If there were stains, I'd still wear it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but man, I miss the taste of those. Anyway, so tomorrow, you know, today it's nice out. The sun's out a little bit here and there. Tomorrow we're supposed to get like a foot of snow. So I don't know if I'll be here or if I'll be somewhere in my house in the basement or something. But if the Lord wants me to make a video tomorrow, I will be making a video tomorrow. So that's what's going on there. Before we get into news and stuff, let's go to some scriptures of the day. Okay. I've got some rapture verses because I think that's a great way to start the week. Let's go to second Thessalonians chapter two, verses seven and eight for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Yeah, we're the restrainer. It's the Holy Spirit in us. And until we're removed, we're restraining. As evil and wicked as the world is, we are restraining that evil and wicked by just proclaiming the gospel and doing what we can to share all the great news about Jesus. Revelation 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. That hour of trial is the seven-year tribulation that's getting so close. We are so close. And the rapture is before that. So we're, we're very close to the rapture of the church. 
Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2 through 6. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, talking to us, the ones who have Jesus in the indwelling spirit in us. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. It's exactly what we're doing here, right? Doing it together every day. We're waiting for that rapture. We're watching. We're looking at the signs. We're seeing everything ramp up like birth pains, like Jesus said it would. And we're not in darkness. So don't let any person tell you, we'll never know when Jesus comes because he's coming as a thief in the night. No, we know the season. Paul even said, I don't have need to write to you about the times and seasons. You'll know. We know it's the season. He's not coming as a thief in the night. We may not know the day or the hour, but we're looking up. We know it's that we're in that time period. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 51 and 52. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. We are going to get those new bodies in the twinkling of an eye. I can't wait. I can't wait for my long golden flowing hair I'm going to get that you guys are going to be so jealous about. And I don't want you to be jealous because that, after all, that is a sin. You know, I'm saying this in humor. I think most of you know that, but someone will call me out on it. <laughs> John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The words of Jesus, saying he's going to come and receive us to himself. He's not talking about coming to earth and ruling and reigning for a thousand years. That's seven years after the rapture. He's talking about the rapture there. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Therefore, when you're seeing the seven-year tribulation speeding at you and you're watching all the shadows be cast, because we're seeing such so many signs of what's going to happen in the seven-year tribulation happening now, we know that we comfort each other with these words, that we're going to meet the Lord in the air. That encourages me and that comforts me and that should encourage and comfort you as well you as well all right so let's let's see what's going on here okay um i gotta find where i am because i'm a little lost i think it might be the steady screeching in my ear but here we go this is incredible guys this is just the stuff i've seen over the weekend one video i couldn't even share with you because i don't trust it you know but it's i just don't trust it it was a uh, 
a palm tree, I think in Florida, I think in Florida, floating through the air. You saw the roots of it and it wasn't real windy. It was just floating and this guy's like, look at this. And you know, but there's no other footage of it. And this guy, I'm telling you, if it wasn't that windy and I saw a palm tree floating in the air, I would be screaming my head off like, what is going on? <laughs> this guy was very calm. This guy was very calm. Oh, look at that. I've never seen that. You know, it's just, I didn't believe it, but it's all over the place. I'm seeing it all over the place. But listen to this. This is from Israel 365 News. White rainbow spotted in northern Israel. Sign of the Messiah. As the name suggests, this is a phenomenon is very similar to the colorful rainbow we normally see but is formed in fog rather than rain. Because of the very small size of the water droplets in the fog, less than 0.05 millimeters, the colors in such a rainbow are very weak, and you can see mainly the color white, with a little red on the outside and a little blue on the inside. In a normal rainbow, the water drop it, drops break the light into its colors, and each color is perceived at a slightly different angle. In a rainbow that appears in the fog, the water drops are small and close to each other so that the colors mix again and they are perceived as white. This is also what happens normally in the clouds, which is why they are perceived as white. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I saw this picture of a white rainbow and I'm like, what is going on? We've seen so many things that, you know, you take them one case at a time. It's like, ah, oh, you know, you guys who are obsessed with the rapture and end times, this is just a white rainbow, you know? But when you're seeing this stuff all the time, you start realizing, man, we're seeing signs and things in the skies. And it's just, it's, a, it's an incredible time to be alive. It really is. Okay, this is from the Israel Defense Forces, the IDF. Two Israeli hostages rescued during an overnight mission in Rafah. During a joint operation between the IDF, the ISA, and Israel police, two Israeli hostages were rescued, Fernando Simon Marmon and Louis Har. One was 60, the latter was 70 years old. They are both in good medical condition and they were transferred for further medical examination in Israel. So yeah, they, they rescued two hostages in an operation in Rafah, which nobody wanted them to go into Rafah. But they did. It says Israeli forces um, successfully rescued two hostages held in the Gaza city of Rafah, officials announced early Monday. In a joint operation, they rescued those two dudes that I mentioned their names earlier. The footage was released by the IDF later, showing them hugging and embracing their families. It made me cry, to be honest. One of the pictures did. Uh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And watching... Um, not watching. I read about how they said when they rescued them that IDF soldiers right away just jumped on top of the two hostages and blocked them with their bodies. That kind of stuff makes me cry, to be honest. And they got them out of there. You know, let's pray for the rest. This is from, I got a couple posts from Bubba News because they're just, he's really fascinating to read. I love the way he sums up stuff. This is, he said, watching Egypt. He said, following the deployment of troops, tanks, armored vehicles, and air defenses by the Egyptian military toward their border with the Gaza Strip, senior Egyptian officials are now threatening Israel. Egypt has said that if Israel Defense Forces launch its planned ground invasion of the southern Gaza Strip and the city of Rafah, 
This will likely cause a massive surge of Palestinian refugees towards Egypt and the Sinai Peninsula. Egypt said if that happens, they will be forced to withdraw from the Egypt-Israel Peace Treaty of 1979. So it ended up that they went into, they're, they're going into Rafah. That's how they got those hostages. But Israel, I think, ended up kind of agreeing to it. But it's just watching Egypt get upset with Israel because they don't want all those. It's so funny. Everybody wants all the Palestinians to live in Israel. Nobody wants to take them anywhere else. It's the way it is. Maybe it's because 98% of them support Hamas. Here's another one. He said, the attack of Rafah, southern Gaza, began while everyone was busy watching the Super Bowl. Kind of reminds me of 2021 when the USA pulled out of Afghanistan in the middle of the night during the game. Friday, Netanyahu said that the operation would begin in two weeks in Rafah. I think Netanyahu knew to begin the operation before Ramadan begins on March 10th. I expect Hezbollah to respond. Over 50 artillery and airstrike have been launched against Hamas position in the city of Rafah within the last hour or so. Local sources say Israel has begun severe bombing of Rafah by sea, air, and land. It's kind of the last holdout. It's They think it's like the last holdout of where the, the last Hamas people are and, and possibly the hostages. And obviously they got two of them last night. So a mosque within the city of Rafah in southern Gaza, which is claimed to have been used by Hamas as a command and operations center, was totally destroyed by an airstrike. And earlier tonight, senior Egyptian officials told their Israeli counterparts that they won't oppose an operation in Rafah, so long as it's carried out in such a way that Palestinian civilian casualties are avoided. So what Israel ended up doing was, when they went into Rafah, they first they gave a way out for some of the civilians there to go up into central Gaza again. Those people have been shifted all over the place, but, um, you know, they try to say Israel's doing something way more nefarious, but they do drop pamphlets and they do give pathways to other area. Amir Sarfati said about all this, he said, if you're still asking why we must enter into Rafah, now you know. Yeah. Netanyahu said over the weekend, those who oppose the IDF operations in Rafah want Israel to lose the war. Uh, he was interviewed on Saturday night on ABC News this week, and he responded to uh, international criticism regarding the future of IDF operations in Rafah. And he said, whoever tells us not to operate in Rafah is actually calling on us to lose the war and leave Hamas there. He also clarified that Israel is planning to move uh, the more than 1 million evacuees currently sheltering in Rafah. Victory is within reach. We're going to do it. We're going to get the remaining Hamas terrorist battalions and Rafah. So that's What's going on there? On top of that, this is from Israel Today. Israel airstrikes reported in Damascus. Unconfirmed reports a short time earlier that Israel aircraft, Israeli aircraft were also attacking targets in Aleppo, Syria. Shortly before that, a vehicle in southern Lebanon was destroyed in what appeared to be a targeted strike. So yeah, there was, they were, this past weekend, just, you know, they're, they're going after Aleppo. They're going after areas in Damascus. They're also at the same time. They're in Rafah and also at the same time. They're still striking southern Lebanon. 
it's pretty amazing how this sliver of a land, the army they have, is it's pretty amazing. What else? Yeah, IDF attacks targets of his Hezbollah in Lebanese territory, infrastructures, military position, a launch position, and a military structure were attacked. So that's what's going on in that area. Now we'll move on to Iran. Marks Islamic revolution with demand to expel Israel from the United Nations. That's the latest thing they're calling for. Iran celebrated 45 years since the revolution uh, on February 11th, 1979, with a ceremony Sunday in which the president, Raizi, he condemned Israel over the Gaza war and demanded it be expelled from the United Nations. I'm sure if the United Nations wanted to, they could start working on that because they're not very fond of Israel. You know, and with this whole Rafah thing, the pressure from around the world is just going to ramp up. You know, stop this, stop this. We're not long for this world. I'm looking at all these things going on in the world. I'm like, Lord, you're coming back soon to get us. What else? This is from the Times of Israel. When was it? Yesterday. Actually, no. This morning, their time. But Hezbollah's Nasrallah met with Islamic Jihad's Nakala. I don't know how to say his name. I think it's Nakala. Um, a terror group says it does not say where or when the meeting was held. So you got the leaders of Islamic Jihad and the leaders of Hezbollah meeting. According to the statement, the two leaders discussed the latest developments and the support provided by the axis of resistance in the various arenas. The heads of the two Iran-backed terror groups also held talks on unexpected developments, the statement said. What's going to happen in that part of the world? In the, it's, to me, every day something is, is happening every single day in the Middle East. But I'm waiting for God to step into this war. I told you on October 7th, this is the war. I believe, my opinion, this is the war that leads to the rapture. And I still believe it. I believe it more now than I did in October 7th. Um, let's look at crazy stuff that's going on in the world, okay? Mystery as hundreds of Aussie birds suddenly fall from the sky. This was in Australia. Experts and animal carers are stumped by a mystery illness plaguing the East Coast with so far hundreds of birds just dropping from the sky, unable to fly. Don't know what that is. Just interesting. Atmospheric rivers flood and damage Death Valley National Park roads. The driest place in North America became flooded this week when an atmospheric river storm drenched Death Valley National Park in California. I can't even imagine what that's like. I've been there. I've walked out there. It's just, it's incredible. The ground is like hard as cement. So you get water in there. I just can't imagine. Uh, also, California faces renewed atmospheric river storms this week. They said as California finally gets a sunny weekend to ring out and clean up from record rainfall and deadly storms earlier in the week, long-range weather forecasts show a renewed flooding threat as the weather pattern reverts later this week. So pray for our friends in California. Not only are they getting like this crazy flooding, crazy weather, they're also earthquakes. You know, the Daily Mail, this is from this morning. California was hit by 13 earthquakes in just 25 minutes overnight, with the first striking just after midnight. The first quake struck just after midnight and on Monday, hitting a northwest 
uh, of El Centro, a city in the southern border region. And they recorded a 4.8 magnitude that shook much of San Diego County. And the area was hit with a 4.5 aftershock just six minutes later, which was then followed by a series of smaller aftershocks originating west of the Salton Sea. Crazy. 82, last 48 hours, because I don't do this on Sundays. I do a different video. The last 48 hours, 82 earthquakes over 4.0, 9 earthquakes over 5.0, and 1 over 6.0. All right, next, this is this is clown world, because this is, you know, I'm always telling you guys how artificial intelligence, I believe, is a huge part of the beast system that the Antichrist will use during the seven-year tribulation. I really do believe that. And this, and I also think it ramps up lies and deception. If you don't think you can trust, see, I always say you can't trust anything but Jesus right now. It gets worse because it's going to get worse. I'm looking at this AI and I pulled two stories that were both from this morning. Okay. And they're polar opposite. It's kind of funny. Here's the first one from the LA Times. AI bots told my dad I was dead. My fake obituary sent me on a quest for answers. And she said, when I died the other day, no one really noticed. That is aside from a few alarmed members of my family. The event, as I now call it, unfolded one morning last month as I was racing out the door to a meeting. My phone rang. Debbie? Hi, my dad said, nearly out of breath. Listen, please do not be alarmed by what I'm about to send you. He ends up sending her her obituary. So basically, she's a, I think her name is Deborah Vankin, and I guess she's a pretty well-known journalist, and they wanted to use clickbait, so they, AI wrote up a fake obituary for her, and they had it all over the place, and her, her family saw it. So like this woman who's alive, they're told, you know, they're telling her she's dead. And the next story is AI resurrects a long-dead dictator in murky new era of deep fake electioneering. A once-feared army general who ruled Indonesia with an iron fist for more than three decades has a message for voters ahead of the upcoming elections from beyond the grave. I am Suherto, the second president of Indonesia, the former general says in a three-minute video that has racked up almost five million views on X and spread to TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. So we got one, we got one AI story of somebody who's alive and they think she's dead because the AI wrote an obituary. Somebody did that for clickbait and then you've got a dead dictator who they say is alive and i'm just sitting there going like this is just the beginning phases can you imagine where this is going when you can't trust your eyes and your ears you know this is just it's all part of the beauty of clown world but i don't know if anything's more clowny than what i'm about to share with you from the green queen listen to this <laughs> california cultured joins forces with a japanese chocolate company to make cell-based cocoa products. The be uh, this is the beginning of the future of chocolate, said California cultured founder and CEO, Alan Perlstein. It marks the first time cell-cultured chocolate will enter the market worldwide. You know how we're always talking about how we're supposed to eat lab-grown meat? <laughs> now it's like, Yay, fake chocolate with fake meat using our fake intelligence. <laughs> where's my where's my thing? There you go. That's for free. That's for free. We live in clown world. I'm just I'm looking at this going, what is going on? Fake meat, 
fake chocolate, fake intelligence. You know what I'm glad? I'm glad that Jesus is real. I am so glad that Jesus is real. And he's the only, the only one I can put my trust in, in this crazy world. Right? Let's share a couple testimonies of the day because my head is just, I'm having a hard time. This is a hard one to do because my ears are just really, really whacked out right now. Beth, my testimony. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior 10 years ago. My son's cross-country coach witnessed to me. I fell away from faith from June of 2021 to August of 2022 as my root wasn't strong and I fell into new age beliefs. My husband never gave up on me, yet he had every right because I would lie and say, no, I'm not following this or that. But he knew. His spirit was disturbed. He kept on me and I finally told him the truth. We prayed. He left for work and I fell on my knees asking forgiveness and telling our most loving and heavenly father how sorry I was for disappointing him. Now I cannot get out. Now I cannot get enough of his word. I am in it daily and have had led two I've led two people to Christ since then. And so as my husband, he's led two co-workers to Christ as well. God is so good. Amen, Beth. He is good. He is good. I'm so glad you got back. Alicia. I was raised in a Christian cult and did not know the gospel. I turned away from anything religious. Then at age 33 years old, three years after my first child was born, I was reading this satanic occult book and it began saying blasphemous things about Jesus. At that moment, I heard God's voice ask, Alicia, does that book agree or disagree with the Bible? I ran and got a Bible and started reading the book of John, and I fell in love with Jesus. That was 25 years ago. Praise God. Praise God. Beautiful. Let's do a few comments of the day. Daniel, I find it sad that people can't live five minutes without invisible oxygen but they can't believe in Jesus, who was seen by thousands, changed, changed millions of lives, and is alive today. Do you believe you need oxygen? I believe we need Jesus. I love that, Daniel. Thank you. Yeah, they all believe in oxygen because, man, you plug their nose and they're going to be like, I believe. <laughs> they believe in oxygen. They can't see Jesus. They can't see Jesus. Jamie, I've been a smoker for 30 years, smoking weed for 25 years. And the most amazing thing happened to me. I started reading my Bible I brought from a car boot sale about five years ago and also watching YouTube videos and amen. I don't even think about smoking anything anymore. It's amazing. All I yearn for is the word of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love to you all. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jamie. Praise God. Jin, dear Tom, I was up all night last night. I couldn't sleep because I was hearing the same thing over and over all night. And what I was hearing was, tell them to repent now because there's no more time. He's coming. I said that they won't believe me. And he said, you just tell them there's no more time. He's coming. Thank you for sharing that. That's so much of what led me down to this river. 22 months ago, a little over 22 months ago, was 
proclaim that I am coming soon. I didn't hear it audibly. My whole life was set up to point in this direction and I was coming down here. And I kept, you know, that spirit thing. It's not an audible thing. It was like, I'm coming soon, I'm coming soon, I'm coming soon. That's what led me here. That's why I come here every day. Because I truly, truly do believe he's coming soon. And you could say, well, you've been almost saying this for two years. It's like, yeah, he's coming soon. He's coming two years sooner now. We're in the last days. We're looking at all the signs. And they're ramping up. And it's really getting crazy now. And my heart is just, my, my heartstrings get tugged when I think about someone being left behind. Or someone dying today who doesn't know the Lord. So I have to proclaim the good news. The gospel means the good news. And I have to proclaim it every day. I have to. I have no choice. I need to hear it every day. So I just trust the Lord to have me convey it to you in a way that's simple, understandable. And to give you that desperate desire to understand like you... You have to make a decision before this rapture happens or before God takes your last breath away. And, you, and the decision is, it's pretty simple. It's that Jesus paid for your sins with his blood. He paid for all your sins with his blood. All your sins were placed on him when he was on the cross. And we're talking about Jesus, the one who with the power of his words created the universe. That same Jesus is the one who came here. He left heaven to come here knowing I'm going to go pay for their sins with my blood. Knowing he was going to end up on a cross bleeding and he did it willingly. And if you believe he's the one who spoke, put the moon in the sky and the sun and the stars. If you believe he's the one, which I do, it's mind-blowing to realize that that same one went to a cross, came here in such a humble way, a suffering servant. And he died a criminal's death because he loves you so much. He didn't have to do that. He could have called legions of angels to take him down. He could have went off to heaven and said, Father, I'm not doing that. They don't deserve me. And we don't deserve him. But the beautiful part of this love story is that Jesus loved us so much. That while we were still sinners, he didn't tell us, look, start behaving good and I'll come down and pay for your past sins. Not, it's not what Jesus did. While we were still sinners, he came and he went to that cross, brutalized, then nailed to the cross to shed blood that could wash as white as snow. And then he died and he was placed in that tomb and he rose on the third day and he's alive. Right now, he's alive. And he has a body that you could touch right now. And he's coming back very soon. First, he's going to rapture the church. And seven years later, he's coming to this earth to rule and reign for a thousand years. Any of this sounds like it's ringing like it's truth. You run to Jesus. Talk to him. Jesus, I believe that your blood it's the payment for my sins. I believe that your blood will wash me white as snow. I believe you've, you've removed all my sins because of that blood payment you did.
And I believe in your finished work on the cross, that you were buried and you're resurrected on the third day and you're coming back. I believe in this. Lord, I need a savior and you're the perfect savior. When you, when you believe that, you're saved. You're born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. You're born again. God will put his Holy Spirit in you. You'll be sealed into the day of redemption. You'll never, ever, he'll never let you out of the palm of his hand. You'll be rapture ready. And we're in dark times. We're in the last days. But the brightness of this gospel is shining brighter and brighter every day. That's why the moment we're raptured, there's going to be the biggest revival that's ever been because people are going to finally, all the people right now that you talk to about the rapture, they may think you're a lunatic now, but that's why it's so important to tell people about it because the moment millions or whatever the number is disappears from this earth, the ones you told, talk to about the rapture, they're going to say, I was told this was going to happen. It's going to be a major revival, but I'm not, I don't tell you this. Those of you guys who, who don't belong to the Lord, who are kind of sitting on the fence, I'm not telling you this, saying, yeah, catch the second bus after the rapture, because those are terrible times. And you're beheaded for your faith. The ones who turn to Jesus during the, you know, right after the rapture, they're beheaded for their faith. It's better than rejecting Jesus but my goodness, if you're hearing this today, today is a day of salvation, right? Today. So important. It's the most important decision you have to make. It's more important than any other decision. Will you say to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you paid for my sin with your blood. You love me. I believe in you. Or will you say, I don't need that. I'm more good than bad. I'll take my chances. I'll roll the dice on eternity. If you do that, you're going to face Jesus, all right. But you're going to face him on Judgment Day. It's going to be a very sad day. Because you're going to stand before him realizing all your sins are still with you. They weren't forgiven because you said no to the payment. Jesus' blood provides forgiveness for every sin that's ever been committed. But if you say, no, I don't need that. I don't want that. I don't want to believe in Jesus. No, leave me alone. You're staying with your sins. Your sins are with you. And you will face him on Judgment Day. You'll see the nail scars in his hands and you'll be like the one that died for my sins and paid for them with my, with his blood. I'm standing right before him and my sins are with me. And he'll say away from me. I never knew you. You'll be led off to eternal separation from God and hell. And that's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It doesn't just turn, turn to him today. Today is a day of, today is the day of salvation. All right. I got to go. I love you guys so much. I'm going to shut the camera off. I'm going to pray for every person who watched this video. And if we're not raptured today, man, today is a perfectly good day for the rapture. I would love that. Then I could stop knocking on my head. <laughs> but if we're not, God willing, I will see you guys tomorrow. I love you guys.